don't think until last year I would have been able to name a time in my life when I longed for darkness. But after my concussion in October of 2019, I found light to be overwhelming most of the time. And so I longed for darkness. I preferred to be in my bedroom with my shades and curtains drawn at the beginning of my recovery. Pure darkness is what I craved. And the darkness was the only place that I found comfort and solace. In our society and in our faith, we have been taught that light is good and darkness is bad. Our scriptures have also enforced this idea. We read in 1 John 1, 5, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. But the problem with these images in our society in the United States of America that was built on white supremacy, this idea that white is blameless and black is demonic is problematic. That's why we need to question this dichotomy. We need to critique it. And I find this imagery from Bishop Stephen Charleston challenging and helpful. He says, I have heard that the afterlife is a place of perpetual light. That's a problem. Darkness is not evil, but a realm of mystery and imagination. The day is constant, but the night is creative. The stars dance. The moon dreams, the comets write poetry of fire. Without the night, there is no dawn or twilight, no moments of sacred ambiguity, no subtle changes of perception, no promises kept or just made, a holy pledge of healing or hope. No, please, we need the night in heaven. We need the glorious darkness, that obscure beauty drifting on wedding gown clouds of white across an obsidian sky. Isn't that beautiful? This idea of darkness, even our kids said we need darkness, right? In order to see those Christmas lights, it has to be dark out. We have to have darkness in order to appreciate the light, we have to have these two things together. And even in the Bible, which talks about the goodness of light repeatedly, we find stories of God inhabiting darkness and dark clouds being the way that God was present to the people. The first of our Advent stories is the story of Zacharias going into the temple, encountering God and coming out mute until his first son, John the Baptist, is born. But before we get to that story, I'd like to share with you some images of God from scripture that might enlighten the way we see Zacharias's encounter with God and the ways that we also might encounter God in clouds and darkness. First, from Exodus, this is um, when Moses encounters God and gives God the 
God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm about to come to you in a thick cloud in order that the people will hear me talking with you so that they will always trust you. God came to Moses in a thick cloud and the people saw Moses in the midst of a thick cloud encountering God. In Deuteronomy, it's a similar image. Then you came, all came close and stood at the foot of the mountain. The mountain was blazing with fire up to the sky with darkness, cloud and thick smoke. The Lord spoke to you out of the very fire itself. You heard the sound of words, but you didn't see any form. There was only a voice. And from Psalm 8, verses 9 and 11. God parted the skies and came down. Thick darkness was beneath his feet. God made darkness cloak him. His covering was dark water and dense cloud. And one last one from 1 Kings. This is when um, the temple is built by Solomon. Um, and this is what Solomon and God are talking about. When the priests left the holy place, the cloud filled the Lord's temple. And the priests were unable to carry out their duties due to the cloud because the Lord's glory filled the Lord's temple. Then Solomon said, the Lord said he would live in a dark cloud, but I have indeed built a loft, you a lofty temple as a place where you can live forever. This is all reminiscent of a, or connected to, um, the Cloud of Unknowing, which was written by an anonymous 14th century mystic who writes, this darkness, next slide. This darkness and cloud is always between you and God, no matter what you do, and it prevent you from seeing God clearly by the light of understanding in your reason and from experiencing God and the sweetness of love in your affection. So set yourself to rest in the darkness as long as you can. Always crying out after God whom you love. For if you are to experience God or see God at all, in so far as it is possible here, it must always be in this cloud and in this darkness. So we come with all these images of darkness and cloud and temple and God's holiness to the story of Zacharias, who is a priest and who has been chosen for a particular duty on a special day. And this is the story of Zacharias, who is the husband of Elizabeth and eventually the father of John the Baptist. One day, Zechariah was serving as a priest before God because his priestly division was on duty. Following the customs of priestly service, he was chosen by lottery to go into the Lord's sanctuary and burn incense. All the people who gathered to worship were praying outside during this hour of incense offering. An angel from the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. 
When Zechariah saw the angel, he was startled and overcome with fear. You see this cloud of incense, this dark cloud that God inhabits. Continuing. The angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give birth to your son, and you must name him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many people will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the Lord's eyes. He must not drink wine or liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He will bring many Israelites back to the Lord their God. He will go forth before the Lord, equipped with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will turn the hearts of fathers back to their children, and he will turn the disobedient to righteous patterns of thinking. He will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure of this? My wife and I are very old. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in God's presence. I was sent to speak to you and to bring this good news to you. Knowing this, what I have spoken will come true at the proper time. But because you didn't believe, you will remain silent, unable to speak until the day when these things happen. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and they wondered why he was in the sanctuary such a long time. When he came out, he was unable to speak. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he gestured to them and couldn't speak. When he completed the days of his priestly service, he returned home. Afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. She kept to herself for five months saying, this is the Lord's doing. He has shown his favor to me by removing my disgrace among other people. Zachariah. When Zachariah burnt the incense, the dark cloud of smoke became the presence of God. And then he left that experience of encountering God in the darkness and he was left speechless. There was a mystery which was held in the darkness that then was held in his silence. And from that mystery, John the Baptist began to gestate in the darkness of Elizabeth's womb. The darkness gave birth to John the Baptist. You maybe have heard of this book this classic from 1937 by Zora Neale Hurston, who's a writer and anthropologist who understood the gift of her life to be immersed in luminous darkness. She wrote this book, Their Eyes Were Watching God. And this beautiful image of God in the darkness is one that Zora reveals to us. She writes, it is so easy to be hopeful in the daytime when you can see things you wish on. But it was night. It stayed night. Night was striding across nothingness with the whole world in God's hands. They sat in company with others in their shanties. 
their eyes straining against cruel walls and their souls asking if God meant to measure their puny might against God's. They seem to be staring at the dark, but their eyes were watching God. They seemed to be staring at the dark, but their eyes were watching God. 13 months into my recovery from my concussion, darkness is now my beloved companion. It is what I need to reset and recharge. It is something I long for and appreciate. I believe that darkness could have been something I appreciated before my concussion. Darkness can be comforting and reassuring. Darkness can be grounding. Times of quiet and darkness can be where we encounter the holy, just like Zechariah. Darkness is with us in this season. Darkness is a gift. I invite you on this Advent journey to engage with the darkness. To open, to be open to a paradigm shift in, in the way that you approach the idea of darkness. And to journey through these dark days knowing that God is with you in the darkness because God inhabits the darkness with us. May it be so. Amen.
Silence. 